you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. I'm Chuck D, Public Enemy Number One, and you are tuned in to the Huddle and Flow Podcast. Check it out. All right, we are steamrolling into week 11 here on the Huddle and Flow Podcast. I'm Steve White with my dude. Jim Trotter, I don't know if you can see him, you know, people, but he's wearing his Golden State Warriors hat. We're doing this on the night of the NBA draft. Trot is fired up. The town is back. Big man. We haven't had a big man in a little bit, Steve. And I know this is going to sound bad, but since Andrew Bogut, and before people start bagging on Andrew Bogut, he filled a specific need. Played defense, excellent passer out of the post, just what we needed. I don't know what Wiseman's going to be like. Um, Did not see him play much. So hopefully he'll come around. Oh, I thought you were going to say Eric Dampier. I thought you were taking it way back. No, 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 no. <laughs> Most recently, Dampier wasn't a part of the championship, so I'm sticking with the guy who helped us get those championships. Yeah, my, my two sons are like big Atlanta Hawks fans, and they're just like, oh, they keep drafting dudes we don't know about, but we're trusting them because they love Trey Young, and they're all about the Hawks. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how all that goes. Well, Jim by, and I by have way, two- By the way, though. I tweeted out Maya today and asked her, hey, what did you think of the Knicks draft pick? So we'll have to see what she says. <laughs> she better like it. And then we she got, had no we got, choice. And which ball brother is it that's going to Charlotte? Oh. Uh, the youngest, Lamello? he's the man. Yeah, Lamello. Lamello so, yeah. so now he's going to be Brand Jordan. So the big baller is going to be a Brand Jordan dude. That'll be interesting. Well, Jim and I are doing, you know, For those of you who are just listening, let me explain. But Jim and I have different backgrounds for our shots today. Now, Jim is by design. He he got all fancy. It went HGTV and DIY, and he fixed up his background. I'm in a hotel room in Seattle. I'm up here for the Cardinal Seahawks uh, Thursday night football game. But, Jim, you hooked it up. It looks good, man. I love it. No, I appreciate it. But we got to tell the people the truth here now. Everybody's working from home, as, as we all know. And so, as you know, Steve, we all come up with these makeshift ways of how to put our laptop on a on something 
so that we can get a shout out to the people for these visual things. Well, for me, mine was on a step stool, which had on top of it a comforter, which had on top of it a piece of flat wood, which had on top of it several books so that I could get it high enough and straight enough that we could have a shot that we could present for TV. Well, finally, that got to be too much. So I said, I got to go out and I got to get a desk, one of those electric rising desks so that I could work that. And the other thing, when you, when I had the step stool, as you know, you can't move. If I move, everything falls. So you're like locked into place. It was just too much, Steve. What, I've been in this place for 20 years and I finally, finally got around to getting the room right. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, well, lucky you. I don't, I don't have room to do it, so I'm still doing mine when I'm at the house off of a TV table with a bunch of yearbooks or stuff See? like that. Back yeah. In the <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, hey, as we head into week 11, I mean, there's some great matchups. This is when teams are really gearing up for the playoff stretch. We've seen some races at the top of some divisions really tighten up. We're seeing a team like the Vikings surge to, to really insert themselves into play. And one of the teams that's playing well right now, Jim, the, the Las Vegas Raiders, this is a crazy scenario, right? They've got a big game against the Chiefs this week. They already beat the Chiefs, and they are having another COVID situation. They've got eight defenders now who are in jeopardy at, at best of not practicing for a couple of days because they were close contacts, and some of them might not be able to play depending on how the positivity or negativity of their test. And we've seen teams like the Steelers, the Titans, whatever, have some of these outbreaks and and overcome them. But, Jim, we know the Raiders' defense, and I I talk about they make timely plays. They're not great, but timely plays. They made some last week. Not being able to have that prep for Patrick Mahomes, you know the Chiefs are coming in fired up because they lost to the Raiders not, not earlier just, this year. Not just because they lost, but remember what happened afterwards with the Raiders circling the buses that really irritated Andy Reid reportedly. Um, let's just say the Raiders have their attention. And, you know, what do we always say? You know, you don't want to poke the bear. And it appears that the Raiders poke the bear after beating them. If they're unable to have these players, any or all of these players on the field, um, not a good situation, obviously, for for Las Vegas. Yeah, Jim, I don't want to cast dispersion because this whole country is in COVID. None of us know when or how we could ever get it, no matter what type of precautions that we take. But this team has already had an op- a situation on offense with Trent Brown, some other players. They have been fined $1.2 million. Um, it's going to be very interesting to me to see if this is something where the league is looking at them like, you know what, it's, it, it's about time. I think they flagged them for a sixth-round pick. I think they find a 500 k and take a sixth-round pick from them as well. Again, I'm not trying to cast the Spurs because we just don't know how this – could possibly happen with players testing positive, but it seems to keep coming back to one team. I just hope, you know, look, we said prior to the season at some point there could be a moment like this with a team. And so we shouldn't be surprised by it. Um, All I can do or, or what I hope is that maybe there are some false positives in here and that this team is ready to go on Sunday. And we've seen teams, as you pointed out, who have not been able to practice or have had to practice virtually and have gone out and played well on Sunday. Ben Roethlisberger joked about it, I think, last week that he didn't work all week and went out and had what he thought was one of the best games of his career. So, But he's a veteran player. Tennessee has some veteran guys, like you said. For Oakland's defense, those are a lot of young players in that group. So it'll be interesting to see if they're unable to practice and yet able to play, how that does impact them. 
Yeah, we've seen the NFL also put every team, all 32 teams, under the new intensive protocol rules, which means no matter where they are, on or off the field, masks have to be worn. That's coaches, staffers, players if they're standing on the sidelines. Also, the key thing, no outside gatherings outside of the facility. That, you know, And they basically said, hey, Thanksgiving, the big, the big parties are off. The big gatherings are done. That we just, You just cannot do that. I mean, look, everybody, just please mask up, stay safe, don't feel that just because you got all this positive news about the vaccines that this is all of a sudden going <laughs> to go away. We're seeing these cases spiking. Everybody, please take care of themselves. All right, Jim, let's let's get to some football stuff because we've got a special guest today. The NFL's leading wide receiver, um, an absolutely fantastic human being, and Stefan Diggs. And he's going to be coming up in just a couple minutes. But this is really interesting. You know, Jim, every year when there's a lot of big free agent signings in the offseason, we say, hey, the big moves – Usually aren't the ones that pay off. It's it's the smaller moves, the role players that pay off. But I'm looking at the big moves, and they're all paying off. Tom Brady, DeAndre Hopkins, DeForest Buckner, Stephon Diggs, Robbie Anderson. Like some of the biggest moves that we saw. This, I mean, all of their teams, their new teams, are better for them. And all of their former teams either got off the slow starts like the Vikings with Diggs or just aren't playing well like the Jets, where Robbie Anderson was. We know the Patriots are, are are up and down, where Tom Brady was. And DeForest Buckner with the Niners, I mean, they're just absolutely decimated by injuries. But I, I just think it's interesting, especially with Stephon Diggs, because he was a part of a what we thought was a nucleus, and now he is forming a new nucleus in Buffalo. Yeah, they're impressive. Uh, it's impressive what's going on out there. Look, all, all of the guys that you mentioned were all um, talented players with their previous teams. So I'm not surprised at all that they're having success. Um, it's more notable to me how their former teams are doing without these players, as you mentioned. Um, because, look, when Houston had D-Hop, they were a, a playoff team. When Minnesota had Stephon, they were a playoff team. The Jets are the Jets, so we won't get into that. The Patriots with Tom Brady, we know about what they were. Um, so I'm not surprised that the players are having success where they are now with their new teams because they're they're um, talented players, but I think it speaks to the fact. What what bothers me, Steve, about this whole thing, if, if I can sort of segue on this for a minute, is sometimes the narrative that comes out about a player after he, he leaves or he's moved, and I hate that um, because I think it's so unfair. I just believe if you if there's an issue with a player, put it out there at the time. Don't do it anonymously after the player is gone, particularly if it's it, it turns out it's not true. So. I think with Stefan, for instance, I've known him for a few years now. I knew him during some of the difficult times in Minnesota. And the one thing I always knew about him during those times was he was never going to badmouth his team. He was never going to become a distraction to them, you know, in the, in, in, in the way of give me the damn ball um, or else that sort of thing. He was always I, I took him to be a team first guy and to be a guy of character and integrity in that sense. So. It was interesting to me to hear the narrative that was coming out about him after he left Minnesota, which I thought was completely unfair. Well, you know, we see that happen all the time, which which is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. There's always dirty laundry that comes out when a coach is fired or a player leaves or something like that. You know, it's 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 just not right, especially when the well, like you said, when it's not true or the people are really high character types of guys. And we talked to Stefan Diggs about this, and he and he was he was fantastic in, in addressing this and and how. The human side of him. He's still a young guy, man. You know, he's got a lot of life to live. And, it's you know, amazing to think he's 26. 
Bryce <laughs> crazy. Stevens, it, you know, it seems like he's been <laughs> around forever. He had like four redshirt years, you know, before he actually gained some eligibility. Well, Jim, on that note, let's bring in the NFL's leading wide receiver from the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Diggs. All right, Jim, now it's time to bring in that dude, Bills wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Stephon, thanks for joining us here on the Huddle and Flow podcast. No doubt. I appreciate you guys having me. Look forward to always talking to Jim, and it's nice to meet you. Okay, now we're, we're seeing you. A lot of folks are hearing us. We're seeing some sun shining on your face. Is it is it still is it freezing cold up in Buffalo yet? Uh, it's not freezing cold, but it is it is chilly outside. You got to wear a jacket, so I'm not. It's not to that point where it's unbearable, but it is getting pretty chilly. Compare that to to Minnesota though, Minneapolis. Is nah, it a different cold? Yeah, it's it's actually not that bad. Minnesota got pretty bad like early too, like super cold. It was gray outside. I'm trying to trying to get used to it. It's a little bit of sun here, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy right now. I feel you. Well, Steph, tell tell us about this season, man. Look, right now, you're leading the league in receptions. You're leading the league in receiving yards. You and Josh seem to have outstanding chemistry. What has the transition been like for you? It's been, for me, it's been definitely different, like I say, from my past years in the NFL, uh, going to a new team. You know, it's my first time. Some people have been on multiple teams. It's my first time going to a new team, uh, learning a new guy, uh, getting to know new teammates. Because I was around the same guys for such a long time. You get comfortable with them. You get used to them. It's like, uh, like I said, like it's like a family. So you get used to those guys. You see them all the time. But I kind of got to, got to know a new family. You know, I got into a new family, a new coaching staff. And it was a bit of a learning curve early as far as like getting adjusted, learning to find nuances of not even just the offense, just just people, new people, uh, new area, uh, new surroundings. So it's been it's been definitely a roller coaster of just emotions of pretty much good, you know, for the most part. But I'm I'm happy. I would think as a player, we always talk about making transitions and, and on the outside, we think it's such a smooth transition. You just go to another team. If you got a good quarterback, good offense, everything's smooth. It's cool. But it sounds like you're saying it's tougher than that, and it's a lot deeper than that. Yeah, it's definitely different just because when you got a new quarterback, he likes things done a certain kind of way, and you kind of got to get used to him, and he got to get used to you. So uh, that's one thing attributed to Josh. He put a lot of time in for not having an offseason. When we hit training camp, we tried to hit the ground running. Uh, We had so many Zoom calls. We had plenty of talks. But when we got into that practice field, it was rep after rep trying to get better. We're still doing it now. But specifically in training camp, uh, he made it a point of emphasis that he always strives to be perfect. That's something that I love about him. He's super hard on himself. So for me, I tell Superman, you can't be Superman every day, all day. You know, so he tries to be perfect. So I uh, I try to be there to kind of meet him in the middle, be like, it's all right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if I drop a ball, I'm not going to apologize. So don't apologize. If it's- <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, always, I always just try to have his back throughout the, throughout the situation and throughout practice. Hey, Stefan, that's all I have to do, Jim. I'm like, hey, man, sometimes you have to be Clark Kent. You just can't be you know, the guy rocking and saving lives every day. <laughs> right? I'm good. I'm good being Robin. I'm good being Robin, man. Oh, man. That's so funny. So tell me this, Stefan, though. You talk about transition, but it seems like almost every year of your NFL career, you've had a different OC. You've had different things you've, you've had to adjust to. Does that Do you think that's helped you with this, having to learn different nuances almost every year of your career? A hundred percent. Going into new situations, adapting, learning new people, learning new coaches. I feel like uh, it kind of set me up for this opportunity with the new team, uh, going through that new OC, uh, new quarterback. Because I had a couple quarterbacks as well. And uh, just as far as like getting adjusted, learning that 
timing is everything relationship is everything and kind of getting on the same page is number one when dealing with people so for me i feel like it kind of like uh throughout my five years in minnesota it kind of like set me up for this opportunity to you know take full advantage um getting to know somebody and kind of like growing that growing that new relationship and you know watering it the right way you know steph what 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 really gets me two things that stand out that we kind of overlook or we forget Number one, you're only 26 years old. <laughs> it seems like you've been around forever, man. You're only 26. You're still a baby in this game to some degree. I'm super Don't put that old tag on me yet. Not yet. No, no, it's not not old. Not He's giving old you a red shirt year. He's giving you a red shirt year. You know, right? You know. But the other thing that blows me away, which even I hadn't realized, is that you've never been to a Pro Bowl. No. I mean, you look at what you've done the last two years coming into this year, over a thousand yards both years. If you combine the two years, 2,151 yards, 15 touchdowns, and yet you have never been. Yeah. And so this year, we know they're not having a, a Pro Bowl game, but what would it mean to you? They're having the voting. It opened yesterday. They're going to have this, this virtual week um, on Madden 21. Yeah. What would it mean for you if you were able to finally be acknowledged that way? I mean, it'll be used as far as like I put in a lot of effort, a lot of uh, a lot of time into my craft. Um, I take it super serious through the past years. You know, I've been I was in the AS, NFC for a long time. And as we know, it's a lot of good receivers in the NFC. And I feel like uh, the Pro Bowl is all predicated on, you know, production, no matter if you're a good player or not. There's plenty of good players. You know, some guys have uh, whatever situation, pass heavy offense or been with the same quarterback and, you know, all that kind of plays a factor in your success. But for me, I always just try to put my best foot forward. Um, Everybody know I'm serious about my, uh, my my craft and my work ethic. So for this year, for it to come up, even if we don't have one, it still mean a lot. Um, just to, I kind of like don't like pats on the back, but that's a, that's a pat on the back in a way to let you know you at least doing some of the things right. Absolutely. Does it mean as much as, as being 54th on the top 100 list? Uh, nah, because of course you won't be higher than that. Everybody want to be higher than that. But for me, I just, I kind of look at those things like, thanks, but, you know, I let the chips fall away. <laughs> Hey, Stefan, just, just a couple days ago, I was speaking to a defensive coach who you guys have faced this year. And he said, look, man, with the Bills, you know, they're good this year. He said, but they are setting themselves up for an extended run of success with the youth, players like yourself, guys who are locked up. The fact that Josh has taken things to such a different level. Do you feel, I mean, even though you're caught up in the moment of, of leading the AFC East, that this is just the beginning? Yeah, because for me, this is my first year here. I don't have nothing compared Josh to in the past years. I don't know what he was like. To me, this is my first year with him, and he's like top. You know, he can he has a string, strong arm. He's a leader. He can run around. You see him stiff-arming guys, running guys over. So um, things from a quarterback position that you love to see. So for me, my first year with him, I don't know what people compare him to in the past. I just see him playing great. Uh, he's definitely one of those one of the top quarterbacks in the league right now, in my opinion. Um, and hope we, hopefully we can keep it going. You know, we got a strong team. We got uh, John Brown on the other side, Cole Beasley. I want to always give a shout-out to Cole Beasley. He's a, he's a guy that goes unnoticed, but he's one of the top receivers in the league, in my opinion. Um, and we got a lot of guys that can get open. So, for me, on the offensive side, I feel like we can be explosive for a long time as long as we take care of the little things and continue to push forward. But we are setting ourselves up, I guess, in a way. You know, I kind of, like, always keep things right here. Don't look ahead. But uh, I guess you can say that. Well, Steph, I know you don't look ahead, but I got to look back one moment. <laughs> Sunday, I thought you had done it again. Oh, man. Uh, uh, man. Uh. I don't know if you guys seen that seen that meme or that video. It was just a video of like a little girl, like it was her birthday. And 
and her uh, I think her sister blew her candle out, and that's how I kind of felt about D Hop because we uh we had a we had a great run, I and mean, you know he made a, he made a hell of a play him and him and Kyle Murray. So uh, shout out to them, they had a hell of a play. How long does it take for a player to get over something like that? I mean, it depends on who you are. It depends on who you are, and um, depends on what you was doing during the game. You know, everybody was in different positions. Um, I don't play defense. You know, I can't tell you how those guys feel, but. They played a hell of a game prior to that, you know. Um, you, you can't never say, like, one thing lost us the game because we had turnovers on offense. I had a couple of times I ran the wrong route. I, I could take responsibility for a lot of stuff, too. So uh, it's never just one play. And I, I feel like everybody should have the 24-hour rule, which would be those 24 hours you can feel whatever you feel. We don't have practice. We don't have nothing. We can go watch the tape, see what things we could have did better, and then after 24 hours, pick your chin up, go back to work. Steph, you always deliver in those moments at the end of the game. And I wonder, what is it that allows you to do that? And because, as you say, there are a lot of good players in this league, really talented players. But what is it that allows some to really deliver in those big moments that maybe others don't? I feel like uh, for me personally, I can speak of like just training, my training in the offseason, uh, the amount of effort that I put in during training camp, during practice. I take everything super serious because I feel like I'm getting ready for the moment. You know what I'm saying? Like the moment won't come. You got to do it 10,000 times just to perfect it one time, you know? So for me, uh, I always keep that in the forefront of my mind when at the end of the game, when it's time, game's on the line, I want it to be in my hands because I love the moment. You know, I love, I grind it for it. I work for it. It's what, it's what I work for. And I feel like uh, people who shy away from it weren't necessarily prepared for it, wasn't ready for it for me. I know that I'm ready. I know I put the right amount of time in and uh, I want my number to be called. You call my number, I'm going to answer. Stephon, one thing I hear coaches say about you besides the physical and the ability to be clutch is your situational awareness. Mm -hmm. I mean, think back to the Minneapolis miracle. A lot of guys would have caught that, stepped out of bounds. Yeah. You were like, there's nobody here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it to the house. Yeah. Is there any way you, you, can, you, you, know, you mentally train for that or is that just something that's innate from all of your years of playing? I mean, I've been playing football since I was five. So I've been playing for a little while, you know, but I feel like in those moments, you got to make split decisions. And uh, people can say they would have did this or would've, they would have did that, but a smart player would have went out of bounds because that's what would have been the smart play to do. Um, but in that moment, I knew that it was a guy that was supposed to tackle me. He didn't tackle me. So uh, I, I try to keep my feet and I try to run the ends. I'm going for the jugular every time. But for me, uh, you got to make a split decision on whether I'm going to make a good play or I'm going to go for it all. And, I work hard, so I'm going to always go for it. Oh. <laughs> I I want to follow up, go back to the to the D-Hop stuff real quick. And that was his his answer, his press conference. I, I didn't see what it. Did you, I didn't see it. Oh, I was hoping you would because he did have – because he did have one of the, the best quotes where he said it was a, it was a great play by I. Pretty good sound bite. That was that sounds like it was a pretty good sound bite. Okay, I, I missed it, but I gotta check it out. I love me from D Hop though. I actually said earlier in the week it's crazy because I had an interview earlier. We you know we do media every week, and I was like when I was they were talking about the guys on uh, on Arizona. I was like the defenses. You know they always had pretty good defense, great DBs, X Y Z. And then I spoke. I was like D Hop guys. One thing about him, he has great hands. You know he's got some of the best hands in the league. He's gonna catch the ball. And what happens at the end of the game? He got his hands on the ball. So I should not speak things into existence all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, you know, um, you are so good with people mm -hmm. and and you relate with people so well, but you've been kind of understated this year. You kind of you've not done a lot of public stuff, national yeah. stuff, that sort of thing. Has that been by choice? Yeah, I, I did that on purpose. Uh, I feel like 
this offseason, there was a lot of hoopla, you know, a lot of people with a lot of opinions as far as like um, when I was coming from Minnesota about who I am, what I am as a man or what I represent. And for me, uh, I was never known to be anything but a team guy, you know, community guy doing all doing all the right stuff. So when kind of things start, start going downhill, I kind of just took a, took a step back from it and it was like this. Uh, I know who I am, you know, and I'd rather just go put it on display as far as like who I am as a player, the things that I do, the things I plan to do in the community and uh, continue to do more showing than talking. So I kind of like took a step back from the media. You know, I still talk on Wednesdays about the football and that that part. But everything outside of that, I kind of just really wanted to take a step back from myself, you know, you know, self-reflect, understand where I'm coming from and where I want to go. And it was going to be less talking and more playing, more doing. Well- what did, what did you learn about yourself during that time of self-reflection? Yeah, uh, I was, uh, it was it was a moment I was at home and I was like, damn, people really feel this way about me? Because uh, I was like, this. I felt like I was doing everything right to a certain extent. And you see in this, in this era, this new era of like football, a lot of young guys are kind of taking their, taking their futures into their own hands. You know, um, in basketball, you see it more, more prevalent as guys like, okay, I want to go on this team. It's not really too much hassle in basketball. Guys go where they pretty much want to go, but you're kind of starting to see it a little bit more in football. Guys want to, you know, take random of their own, own future and kind of like, all right, well, I don't think this is the best fit for me. And I want to do X, Y, Z to, you know, better my career and better my legacy. And for me, when I, when I felt like I wanted to make that decision and kind of bet it on yourself, um, people, people, people shun you. People look at you like, oh, you're this, oh, you're that. And I kind of took it with a grain of salt because um, I'm, I'm looking at it from all aspects, but I'm like this as a moment to take it, take it in and be like, I'm a man of my word. I got, I'm a man of integrity. Um, and I, I grind for the things that I want. So um, I learned a lot about myself. That's the thing I know about you is that um, you are a team guy yeah. and you never went public with whatever issues you may have had and why you would feel someplace else would be a best fit for you. And that's why I always find these discussions interesting when people try and create a narrative about a player and don't know the full picture and don't know what's going on. Um, Is that, is that tough for a player to, to, to accept and to handle? hundred percent. For me, I kind of felt like, damn, like y'all don't even know. Like I haven't said anything, you know, the fact that you don't say nothing that people draw their own conclusion or assumptions on, why this happens or why he wants this and for me uh, i always thought it's better better to not say anything at all you know and people can draw whatever conclusion they want but it's more interesting to see how people really feel about you um aside from the good things that you do um people are going to feel how they feel so for me i always kind of took it with a grain of salt but as a player um protecting yourself and protecting your brand um protecting you know your legacy to just say all right I got to be the bigger person here. You know, you, I got to be the person that takes the back seat and just be like this. Let people feel how they feel um, and let and let the cars fall where they lay. You know, the future is going to be the future. And only way you can kind of control it is put that positive energy in the air and push forward. So for me, uh, it's definitely tough as a player when um, people throwing so many jabs at you. You can't all you can do is try to duck. With, with that, I mean, with some things when people, when you got traded, people are like, wow, the Bills gave up all that for Stefan. Yeah. Hey, how's it feel like? Like, hey, they must want me if they're giving up, you know, all these draft picks and players and stuff like that. But at the same time, to hear people say, wow, that's a whole lot to give up for a player. I, I mean, how, how do you take that? At that point, uh, like you said, like, I, ain't, I haven't been to a Pro Bowl. I only had like 2,000 yard seasons. And uh, at that point, they were like, this, yeah, like, dang, like, they gave up, they gave up a lot for me. But for me um, and the people in the football world, 
uh, they respect me. They respect my craft. They respect what I can do on the football field. And uh, Buffalo saw that. Buffalo saw what I can do. And they say, like, oh, well, he can be an asset to this team. And I feel like a credit to Buffalo, they do enough research as far as, like, not just how you are as a player, but how you are as a person. Like, are you going to be a fit here? And they felt like I was going to be a fit because um, prior to anything coming out before I got traded, they nobody's ever said anything bad about me. You know, I've always been a team guy. I always worked hard. You, nobody ever said I didn't work hard or um, I wasn't a team guy. So I feel like they did their due diligence when they um, when they were doing enough research and they knew what they wanted from me when they uh, traded for me. So uh, it worked out, I guess. If you could take us behind this curtain real quick, your your brother, Trayvon, yeah. down in Dallas. Okay, you guys are kind of on the, the different ends of the scope. You're succeeding. Things are going great for you. They're having a tough season. He gets hurt. I mean, he's out for a while. What have some of the conversations been like? Maybe he has sought counsel from you. Like, how are you dealing with or what have you done to reach out to him since, again, things are kind of going different ways for each of you? I usually talk – I talk to him every day pretty much. Uh, you know, that's my, that's my little man, so – He's, he came from from my from my point of view. Um, it's probably a little tough for him, you know, um, because he came from a situation of winning. You know, Alabama never never really lost like that. So as far as like kind of like not having that much success on the team, um, it'll bother you a little bit because you're so used to winning. It was accustomed to winning. But I kind of had those conversations where though it's the National Football League, it's gonna be like this at times. You know, you're not gonna win it if you don't go. I don't know who Alabama was going 12 and 0, 11 and one, stuff like that. So I said, it's not always going to be like that, but he was, he, he's handled it pretty well as far as like his maturation process coming into the league. And I feel like they, uh, I feel like they put him in a situation where though he was with a lot of, he was following a lot of, a lot of number one guys and kind of developing early. He's had his, he had his, he had his failures, he had his success, but I feel like as a DB, he's going to be pretty good, especially because how he approaches the game and uh, I'm, I'm going to stay on his behind. So he'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Stefan, you mentioned earlier about the importance of, of branding. And mm -hmm. this week, um, Ad Week, Brand Week, Sports Marketing okay. Summit, they had you there and you did an exclusive fireside chat, you know, creating brand partnerships that win. You were the only athlete, you know, to be part of that conversation with CMOs, COOs, key decision makers and whatnot. And I wonder if you could speak to the importance of athletes while they're playing, sort of preparing themselves for one day life after football and and what your what a brand means to a player as he goes forward yeah i followed a lot of guys um i did more listening than talking when i was a rookie in my first couple of years and i learned that a lot of guys do it on the back end like when they're on their way out the door or just getting out of the league when they start doing a lot more media and media engagement stuff and uh branding for the most part for me um as i took that i took that information and i kind of held it held it as a standard to when I get some time off and when football isn't just a focus, make sure you're doing uh, you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's as far as like speaking on those engagements and doing doing just little stuff like that to kind of uh, keep you focused for one that you're, it's not all about football. You are a businessman. You are a brand and uh, kind of like taking those steps in the right direction early rather than trying to get on a get on a horse late and, you know, nobody cares about you when you're done, done playing football. So I'm trying to just uh, trying to do the right stuff. Let, let's give a shout out to to. Uh... Alex and um, the Sports Bukari. Entertainment Media Group or Management Group, you know. Some great people over there that take good care of me. Yep. But the thing that's so interesting about you, too, is that people may not realize you have so many interests beyond just the business side of it with, with marketing and, and, and branding. Also, you like to travel. Also, you're a foodie. Yeah, yeah. And I got to tell this story. I came to Minneapolis one time. 
and you said meet it meet at this place yeah got the best wings in town <laughs> your name is revival give a shout out give a shout out i give him some love uh bruh every time i'm in minneapolis now without and me. i'll even text you and tell you i'm at revival oh, i gotta me. have those wings oh, what exactly. makes it so special man i don't know when i was when i was there i'm a huge food guy so uh, I think after I'm done playing, I'll definitely gain like 100 pounds just because I love food so much. Uh, when I was out there, I was always trying to find some good wings. And um, as I was there, I found a couple of places. And I was like, nah, I think I think I found one with Revival. So when you came out, I was like, Is he, you like food? I was wondering if you like food. I was like, I'll take you somewhere. You might like it. So they had they got some great food there. It's, I don't know what they do. It's, it's so good. I want some right now. Yeah, the, the strawberry See, soda, the oh, grape soda. Oh, man. Know. Don't tell them all. Don't tell them everything. <laughs> is, right, it, right. is it? But first off, is, this, is the soda crush? Is it like strawberry crush? It's in and... the bottle. It's in the bottle, like the old school bottle. Like, I, mm. I don't know, man. They do some great And stuff. you know up there, they call it pop. I'm from yeah. Minneapolis, so, they you know, they, they call it pop up in Minneapolis. I call it soda. I, I, I you know, I've Thank since you. left. West Coast. Thank you. But, Thank I have to, but I have to say... But I have to say this. Jim was telling you how you were like, oh, these best wings ever. I'm like, wait, Minneapolis? I said, first off, Stefan's from D.C., so he'd been having some mambo sauce and some stuff, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, some fried chicken wings down there on Georgia Avenue or some from time to time going to get some D.C. wings. But these I'm Minneapolis wings are better than D.C. wings? Oh, no, I don't want to say it, but, Jim, you you, <laughs> you have it, Jim. I think they are. <laughs> They, they they are they are phenomenal to the point where you know me i'm a california boy i don't like cold and when i go back to minneapolis in the winter and it's cold i say i got to get outside and make a stop by revival man and people will be waiting outside in the cold for a table yes you know so, you gotta try okay so 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 wait wait steph because we have a bit on this show because we had a guest yeah. on here who talked about how she eats chicken wings and Jim and I think she's butchered them. Okay. So when you get the wing, the full wing, right? The little drumstick part, the flat part and a little pointy part. Yeah. How do you go about eating it? Uh, I personally, I only like flats. I don't know. It might sound crazy, but I don't really like, I, I like the flats only, but if I get the wing, am I, am I wrong? I rip it. I rip it apart. <laughs> I rip it apart. Right. And then I, I mess with the wing first and then I go to the other side. Hold on. What, I, okay. Am I doing it wrong? No, no, she there says is, she, she eats the little pointy, the pointy stabby thing. And oh, okay. exactly, that's the look. Tell, please tell, yes, please tell Kimberly Martin of ESPN that she's doing it all wrong. She's not doing it right over it. I don't know. I don't know who's talking about <laughs> Thank you, Steph. Thank you, bro. <laughs> I got you. Look, we, we know we said we weren't going to keep you too long. Um, so we're going to have a little fun as we end this. We like to do with players. So obviously, you're one of the top wide receivers in the game. So we want you to take yourself out of the equation. And I'm going to ask you, what receiver would you choose uh, in a certain situation, excluding yourself or one of your teammates? So first one, and I think we know the answer because you've spoken on it. Yeah. You got to pick one guy for his hands. Who is it and why? I don't know. I'm, I probably would go D-hop hands-wise. It's, like, it's a lot of guys who got some good hands, but he's a guy that tracks the ball extremely well. And I think I'll go hands D-hop. All right. Speed. Tyreek Hill. I gotta be Tyreek. I don't know. Some, I don't know somebody faster than him right now. That's playing. Nah, there's nobody faster than him right now. All right, now this is different. Some the 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 nuances of the game. Some might not understand this, but route running, which obviously is different from speed. Uh damn. Um, I'm gonna have to go Tay Devontae Adams. He's cut. good, man. Really, he's good. He creates separation. Um, he got good feet. Um. As far as like at the top of the route, he runs good routes. 
Um, it's just it's hard. I watched him for a while too. You know, I was in the NFC, so I seen him get open for a while now. And uh, Tay Tay know how to get open. Now. Yeah. All right. This this is a little different here, but it's part of the game. Yeah. Run blocking, best run blocking wideout in the game. DK Metcalf, from what I seen on tape, um, he's bigger than everybody out there. He's bigger than he's bigger than your corners. He's bigger than your safety end. Bigger uh, than your DNs. When we saw we played him. We played all of this. Yeah, he, he's a big boy. Now. He's gonna push you around. I watch it on tape though too. He he uh he blocks from the tension that he's trying to take you to the take you to the bleachers and all that. Yeah, he for real. All right, this these last two, we're gonna put you back in it. You're answering it from your perspective. If there's one quarterback in the NFL that you could catch a pass from who's not your own, who would it be? Uh, damn, Christmas Whistlers? Christmas Whistlers? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's real tough because it's super close. I don't know. It's, it's three of them. It's three of them because they they all right here. I was a huge Tom Brady fan growing up just as far as like uh, his passion and tenacity and his love for the game. But arm talent, arm talent, like – I've never seen before was from Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. As far as like the things that they can do with the ball, where they can put it. Uh, it's really Aaron Rodgers because um, I, I was in the NFC, you know, I watched him for a while. I seen Patrick Mahomes do some amazing stuff. So them two are definitely uh, up there. You know, I'm a, I'm a TB12 guy, but arm talent wise right now, Aaron Rodgers still got it. And he got a little celebration with the belt. I used to hate seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you play Green Bay. He's a flick and touch out and do the belt thing. And obviously, like, all right, last one. You can pick one quarterback retired oh, man. that you would want to catch a pass from. You know, everybody grew up watching Michael Vick, but Vick didn't want to throw the ball like that. They wanted to run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got to give me some names. Can I get some names? Bro, we can go back as far as oh, man. Well, we got Warren know. Moon. We got Warren Moon, Joe Montana, Doug Williams, Dan Marino, um, Doug, got the DMB yeah. thing there, John Elway. I think uh, it's, it was a different era back then, but I think I think Elway was definitely one of the one of the ones up there. He was swaggy. He was swaggy too. Uh, I don't know. That's a tough question. I thought you were asking another receiver question. Uh, no, no. I've got I've got I've got one. I've got go okay, ahead, what Steve. DB. What DB is, is like the toughest to go against? Uh damn. I give you I give you three right now. I feel like Patrick Peterson still is playing at a very high level. People kind of forget about that. Um, because he's been playing at a high level for so long. Um Dalen Ramsey's been playing at a very high level for, for a while. Um and uh I need one more guy. Gilmore. Yeah, I haven't seen him, but from what I seen on tape. Especially last year, he's definitely one of the top DBs in the league. You know, I haven't seen him. I haven't won against him yet. But uh, I got a lot of respect for him. And I think I'm going to throw another guy out there that people really don't pay a lot of attention to. But he's really good at Xavier Howard. I knew um, you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Really good. And people, I feel like because he hasn't been as healthy in some years that they kind of like people, people forget about people all the time. But when you cut that tape on. 25 still still know how to cover. I, I had a feeling you're going to say Xavier and Howard. Okay, so on that note, since you mentioned a Dolphins player and you went to University of Maryland, yeah. which Tungle Vailoa are you feeling the most right now? Oh, no, man. From what I've seen these past couple games from the from the older brother, he looks like he's ready right now. He's like he came in ready. It kind of seemed like I, it didn't make sense why they sat Fitz down, Fitz Magic, because everybody loves Fitz. And he was having a great season. But I felt like uh, – 
I mean, I'm not no GM or no organization guy that runs it, but it, you see why they did it. Like we need him to play right now because he is he is our future and he will be running the show because he came in and he came in like a real quarterback. Like he'd been doing it for a year. So um, I like him a lot, but I'm going to have to give, I'm going to have to get a love to the little brother just because he went to my school. <laughs> Tyloa. He's running around. He's running around. He's, he's running around. He's making plays and he's showing you why, why that lineage is so strong. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got to get coach Locke some love, man. We got to get that program yeah, going, you know? Yes, he's sir. Making, he's making a lot of things happen. You know, that's my guy. So he's making a lot of things happen. I'm just happy for him and, uh, I look forward to his success in the future. They got the young kid, Rakim Jarrett, as well. Uh, Rakim Jarrett, he's making some plays. He's coming along as a freshman. And they got a couple of receivers, too. So hopefully they they get the, they get that show on the road. Hope so. Well, Stefan, we can't thank you enough for your time. It, you, you're yeah. doing your thing. The Bills are fun to watch. The team, maybe the team to beat in the AFC. But thank you so much for joining the Huddle and Flow, man. Appreciate you guys. Shout out Josh Allen, all right? We appreciate you, man, truly. So if you need anything, give me a shout, man. But continued health and success. Thank you, big guy. I'm glad we had a chance to get Stefan on the show because I've always found him to be an engaging guy, an intelligent guy. Um, And I owe him, too, because like I say, he's the one that turned me on to the best chicken wings I've ever had. So... I'm put. I'm putting out a plug for Revival. If folks, if you're in Minneapolis, make a stop at Revival. Have those chicken wings. Have you know grape soda or as we say red soda. I think you 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 know you can thank me now or you can thank me later. All I'm saying is that it's the real deal. Just like Stefan is the real deal. For real, like you know, I'm not a big wing eater, but I'm going to be going there in Minnesota. Believe it or not, I mean it's crazy, Jim. You know, because we go to all the cities. Like some of the cities that you don't think are great restaurant towns like cleveland to me is a fantastic restaurant some of the best restaurants i've been to are in cleveland ohio you're telling me about this place in minnesota when i covered the nba there was a place in salt lake city that was just like incredible like so you got to get the locals though right to tell you it's like when i go to new orleans i'm not looking in a in a a magazine to tell me where to go and whatnot it's the local folk you want to go to and say hey where can i get the best gumbo Cause they'll tell you the truth as opposed to these magazines where everything is pretty in the pictures and all of that. And then the food is like, eh. like I said, you can thank me now or thank me later. All right. Well, look on Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, the one thing again that, that you do, that you did see about him is that he is kind of a younger guy, but I think he's so, you know, Jim, you asked him about him keeping a low profile. And the fact he said this was intentional, like I came here to handle business, establish myself, meet my teammates, and they are building something right there. They are good right now, but if he continues to play like this and Josh Allen continues to mature, this is going to be an absolutely fantastic club. And I just think when people hear Stefan talk like this and get to know him a little bit and see, okay, wow, okay, this isn't really a diva type dude. This is just a guy who's out here producing and being him. I, I just think it's it's a perfect match for that market, a perfect match for that city. So on that note, let's let's go down to the to the AFC North or up to the AFC North and to the NFC West. And Jim, there's two teams that have lost a little bit of traction in the Ravens and the Seahawks after after strong starts in divisions where you see the Browns on the come and you see the Cardinals on the come. Okay, you know the Steelers are at the top of the North, and we know the Rams are are an established team in the West. 
Are we worrying a little too much, though, about what's going on with the Ravens and the Seahawks, or are we not worrying enough about what we've seen out of them? Um, I think we're I think we're right where we should be in terms of both of those clubs. They have not played well of late. They have not played to the standard that they set early in the year or even a year ago. So it 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 is um, deserve it that we raise these questions about them. Having said that, these are two talented teams that still control their fate in terms of whether or not they make the playoffs, whether or not they win the division. They're still there in the running. So I don't think that we should overreact to it, but I do think there are things that have to be addressed. And the, and the, look, let's be real here. In both instances, both quarterbacks have to step up and have not been on top of their game. Um, you know, Russell Wilson has struggled by his standards of late. That is not to say he's a bad player or he's going through a terrible stretch, but by his standards, he has not played up to those. And the same with Lamar. Um, at this point. Can they turn it around? Absolutely they can. Will their teams turn it around? I believe their teams will be there at the end and have something to say before it's all said and done. I'm 100% with you. I, I think the Seahawks, you know, they're getting Carlos Hyde back for Thursday night football. At some point, they're going to get Chris Carson back. Jamal Adams is still getting indoctrinated. Carlos Dunlap still getting indoctrinated. They just brought in Snacks Harrison. He's still getting indoctrinated. At some point, some of those corners are going to come back healthy. I think Seattle, as long as they – I mean, they can't – like, if they lose three straight, they can't lose four straight, right? They're, they've lost two in a row already. They, they can't sink too far. But as long as they're right there, I think they'll be okay. The Ravens, not worried about them one bit. I think this is something that will trigger better performances by them. They're just in a tough division. I mean, the Browns, that that's a talented football team that's playing – Good enough football right now. They're not playing great football, but good enough football right now, and they're getting better. So we'll see about them. I'm not that worried about them, but let's let's circle back in two weeks. All right, Jim, we've had some bangers. We had Stephon Diggs. We had Maya Wiley. We've had Chuck D. We've had Arthur Blunt. We've had some bangers. We have coming up next for you on the Huddle and Flow next week, we have two of the baddest sisters in the game. They're running the podcast game. We're trying to emulate them (laughs) and Carrie Champion and Jamel Hill. And frankly, Jim, we all get together. You get your four and you come talk to us. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, I'm looking forward to this, Steve. Uh, I worked with both of them at ESPN and and, um, they're just so talented. They're so frank um, and they have very deep thoughts on on a lot of topics and I love the fact, you know, the last segment they did on Vice TV where they ended it with straight, no chaser. And that's what you get from them. You get it straight. And that's why I say our producer, Thomas Warren, he might want to have his finger on that bleep button. But they bring it straight. And that's what I appreciate. And that's what I respect about them. And I think that's what their their supporters or viewers or listeners support about them is that they're real, they're authentic, and they're going to tell you what they think. And it's an informed um, opinion that they give you. And so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And, and I love they've got this this video podcast format on Vice where they can speak like they want to speak and be as unforgiving as they want to be. Because the one yeah. thing that we're seeing from them is that if you came for them out yeah. of sheer hatred, if you came for them out of sheer disrespect, they got no time for you. And one thing, Jim, as we age – 
the best thing you got to do is lighten the load. And we're not just talking about laying off the sugar and the carbs. And they are doing a, an incredible job doing that with their finger on the radioactive button. So I, I just cannot wait uh, until we have them. We are one thing we love to do on this podcast is to amplify our sisters. So it, it is going to be an exciting, exciting thing to hear next week. So on the note, Jim, why don't you take us home? Yeah, again, we thank you for listening. We thank you for subscribing. Um, and please, again, leave us reviews, leave us comments. Well, tell us more. What you? I see. I'm. I'm gonna get it wrong because um. I no. How wanna, about if they? How about? How about if they tell us more what they're funking for? Yeah, you know. I mean, we always we want to give you what you're funking for, but tell us what you're funking for. So, I'm gonna twist this around and try. I'm trying to put my own edge on it so that George Clinton doesn't come after me. You know, but um, <laughs> there's a thing there where they say you can't mess with perfection. It's like when people redo what's going on, or when people redo wake up everybody or people redo these standards, like redoing Luther and stuff. You don't do that. So I know each time I redo or try and redo uh, George Clinton, I'm going to pay a price for it, and today I'm paying a price for it. There is one person, Jim, who can redo it. At what Layla Hathaway did with Anita Baker, she can redo it, okay? She, she's got license. Look, not I Steve, it was good. Hurt. I know that it, it was no, no, it was no. Look, I have it. I own it. So I, I mean, I, I listen to it, and 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 Layla's a tremendous talent. But there are just certain songs from certain artists you just don't mess with because it can never be eclipsed. And Anita doing Angel is one of them. And Layla did it as well as anybody else that I've heard. But nobody does it like Anita. Just like a Frankie Beverly song, nobody better ever touch a Frankie Beverly song. Well, I better stop that. Beyonce touched it and put her own twist on. I don't want the beehive coming after me. But all right, Jim's taking it. Jim's taking it. You got it. It's your fault. All right. Well, on that note, for our guy, our producer, Thomas Warren, Jim Trotter, the Howard Mob, we are out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 